0: Hello and welcome to From the Trenches, the business examiner podcast. The guest for this episode is Sam Ganong, owner of Victoria's Curate Developments. Sam talks with us about his local roots and evolution as a leader in the region's construction sector. His unique background has placed him with some of the top real estate and development brands in the area, paving the way for him to step out on his own in 2018. Currently, his company has five projects planned, including Ophir and Tomy with much more in store. Our conversation starts now. So if you could just start off and just give me your name and, and who you are and what you do.
1: Sure. Uh, Sam Ganong with, uh, with curate developments, uh, based in Victoria, uh, are a, a relatively young real estate development firm. And, uh, currently we're focusing on uh multifamily projects within kind of the, the core neighborhoods of Greater Victoria. Um, and, uh, yeah, we've been, we've been plugging away at it for, uh, just about three years now.
0: Awesome, ma'am. And can you speak to a little bit kind of how you got into the development community? Obviously your business has been around for three or so years, but you've got a bit of a deeper background in that sector, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I guess going, going back a while, um, uh, you know, I'm, I'm born and raised in Victoria. And uh, my dad has always been involved in kind of the, the commercial real estate and, uh, and development industry here, and he kind of gave me a, a brief introduction into you know the whole uh, the whole development industry and, and commercial real estate industry, and uh, that was kind of as I was going through uni- university, uh, and then my my kind of passion for it just kind of went from there um, and uh you know graduated from UVic and then I was at uh Collier's for a couple years on the uh on the commercial financing side of things uh dealing a lot with construction financing uh you know doing CMHC insured products um and uh and from there I actually while I was at Collier's I uh I met the founder of a, of a local development company Um, Mike from abstract development. And uh, we had done a couple small, uh, small loans for him. And, you know, I I ended up getting hired by abstract um, through, through that uh, kind of interaction and, and really just kind of sunk my sunk my teeth into the development industry uh, at that point.
0: That is great, man. And so have you, like, when you became, you started your own company, did you have, entrepreneur in the back of your mind is something did you always kind of intend to step out on your own? Was that? Or did it just kind of happen a little bit organically?
1: Um, I, I think, yeah, I think the the idea was always kind of festering there. Um, and, you know, I I, I didn't really know it, it, you know, if I was going to make the leap at, at any given point. Um, you know, I think a, a couple of things, uh, you know, started to, you know, happen and, and came kind of a, a decision point for me, you know, is is it do I do I head off on my own now? Um, or, or not really. And uh, ultimately, that I uh, had to kind of scratch that that itch and, and make the jump and, and go for it.
0: Is it a situation to, you know, sort of outside looking in where there's only so far that you can go in with it? A- you know, let's say with a, a bigger developer like that, where you're kind of capped, and then it's up to you whether you can kind of stick with it or move out.
1: Uh, to a certain extent, you know, probably more. There's probably you know less opportunity and more of a cap in I'd say the Victoria market than than larger markets like like Vancouver. Um, but uh, you know, I think that that probably played into the, into the decision a, a little bit um, in terms of reaching uh, a ceiling uh, with a with a certain company.
0: Well, that's good. Um, outside looking in, I mean, I think development is different than so many other sectors just because of the time frame and the windows that you guys are looking at. Um, so normally I ask people about a couple of key growth moments, but I think a couple of your your first couple of projects are just getting going now. Can you, is there anything that sticks out to you since you started in 2018 that's really kind of maybe affirmed that you made the right choice? Um, maybe kind of a key, maybe landing your first uh, kind of land assembly or something like that, that, that kind of sticks out along the way?
1: Um, yeah, I mean, the the, the first deal was definitely, uh, you know, nice. Um, you know, I didn't have anything lined up at the time that I made the decision to, to leave, uh, you know, the, the previous developer. Um, but yeah, getting getting that first acquisition, you know, under under my belt and, uh, and having a project to, um, you know, really dive into shortly after leaving, uh, I think definitely helped with the the transition—it um, didn't feel like I lost, you know, too much momentum. I was able to maintain, you know, a lot of the same relationships that I had uh, previously. So it, it felt like a bit of a, a seamless tra- transition, which was really nice. And then, you know, from there, uh, you know, I was plugging away on that that site, and you know, other opportunities, you know, came up as they as they always do, and uh, and it just kind of went from there. And today we've got um, five of our own projects. Uh, that uh that we're working on
0: wow yeah that's re- it's really impressive and it's nice to see kind of that momentum build you want to just rip, rip through kind of the, the projects I've, i pull i saw five on the site kind of told me starting with tommy ending with Ophir. do you want to just talk briefly about kind of each of those and how maybe how they've, they've come about
1: yeah yeah so uh um all of our so of the of our five projects and it's funny maybe just jumping back quickly to the the timeline here um you're right that the, the the timeline and investment duration for these development projects can be discouraging at times, um, but yet, uh, but yeah, we you know we keep doing it. Um, so the uh, the first one on uh, called Tomy uh, on on Christmas Avenue in in Saanich, uh It's a nice little location. I'm um, in a densifying corridor of Victoria called the Shelburne Valley, uh, and we're kind of looking out towards um, Mount Tomy, which is a nice uh, nice kind of uh, um you know small little mountain or hill if you'll call it with a you know park so that's why we call it tomi and we are uh we don't have approval yet we are we're off to a, a public hearing probably within the next eight weeks or so for that project and so from the time we submitted and that's our first one uh from the time that we submitted that application to you know almost almost a public hearing now that'll be well over two years you know probably close to two and a half years um, so we're, we're we're very excited to you know get moving on that one and get in the ground and actually have some some construction activity going on. Uh, so that's that's the first one. Uh, we've also uh, got one more or less across the street from from that site. Uh, that'll be that's a, a 16 unit townhouse application, uh, mix of three and four bedroom units. Um, again, nice little spot in in Sanish, close to the university. Uh, and that's uh, called Ophir, uh, just after the street name on on Ophir there. And uh, we've also partnered with uh, another uh, local developer on a purpose-built rental in the Fairfield neighborhood. Uh, and that's uh, a 42-unit purpose-built rental, uh, five-story wood frame, one floor of underground. Um, and what else do we have? We've got um, we've got a townhouse application for 34 units, uh, just on the outside of uh, on the edge of the downtown core of Victoria. Um, We, uh, we put a a put together land assembly with uh, again another local developer um, for uh, an acre and a half, and we've got a a 34 unit townhouse application moving through um, the approval process there. And lastly, we recently just picked up a little uh you know a 6,000 square foot uh infill site in a nice little neighborhood of victoria Holt, fernwood and um again this is kind of a neighborhood on the edge of the downtown core and we're looking at doing a, a four-unit townhouse project there um, with a, a really cool architecture firm based out of vancouver called september architecture um young young firm highly creative very talented and uh has yeah, been that's been a really fun project to work on actually
0: yeah and so what's going to stick out about that you, you said just kind of going to Vancouver for for kind of like that design support you kind of have some different expectations about what what you what the finished product's going to look like
1: yeah so that's actually, um so that that project on uh, on Pandora in, in Fernwood um we recently submitted the application to Victoria and um kind of from the from the get-go with the with the architect i i kind of gave them you know free reign which is not an easy thing to do um because sometimes things can get uh, carried away on the design side but um you know i I really trusted their their abilities and 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 their vision i you know i gave them a few uh uh, parameters and criteria to to work from Uh, but ultimately they delivered something where you know each of these four units in a fairly narrow and long site is is centered around this uh, uh, exterior courtyard space with this beautiful Japanese maple tree growing in the middle of it. Um, So creating these nice urban info projects that are uh, kind of, um, that are designed for families really with three bedrooms and a den, space to work from home. But the the challenge is always getting nice outdoor space for these units. And, uh, and they just did a, an absolutely beautiful job at it and uh, super, super impressed with what they were able to come up with.
0: Yeah, no, it's really cool. And you mentioned kind of that urban infill is that I don't know how if you would call that part of your vision or your culture is that set the tone that maybe that phrase is that set the tone for how you start look at uh, look for different development opportunities. Um, yeah, to a certain extent,
1: I mean, uh, you know, we're, we're not necessarily, uh, our, our vision isn't necessarily tied to only doing urban infill. Um, it's, it, you know, it's challenging in Victoria when you want to try to grow a company and get to a, a reasonable scale where, um, you know, I'm not doing a, a mediocre job at every task, um, then, you know, we need to look at other opportunities, which, you know, often means going outside of the urban core, but these these uh, infill opportunities—they—they they just, um, I think, they're striking a chord right now with uh, just the type of housing our cities need, uh, in terms of offering, you know, different options for families um, that are still in, uh, you know, a, a nice walkable, quiet neighborhood, close to amenities, close to schools, even close to downtown. Um, it, it's, you know, challenging trying to get, you know, the right type of housing for families. Um, and I think fortunately the city of Victoria is taking a bit of uh, initiative and putting together a, a missing middle housing uh, kind of plan. I think they have a task force in place right now. And so hopefully that, that you know, makes creating these types of um, homes, uh, you know, a lot a lot easier.
0: Yeah, I like the phrase that missing middle. It's the first time I heard it, I think it was last week because I know the, the Vancouver Island Construction Association has some kind of an event Called the missing middle, and uh, you know it's it seems to be an interesting topic. I had I don't know if you heard acidified. I had Mike from there on here last week, and he just talked about all of the different development challenges that people face um, throughout the region because you kind of have this need for density, but then you have a lot of opposition from the neighbors of where that density is supposed to go. Um, And so, anyways, it's just interesting to hear that that term. I think it's a nice way to (laughs) rebrand. (laughs) <laughs> to fight some of that opposition.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's definitely it's definitely a challenge. Um, you know, our, our cities are, are growing. Um, and uh, you know, trying to find that right balance between, you know, respecting, you know, what what's there today, uh, and and yeah, balancing out what what we need to put there for for tomorrow and and for, you know, the a growing population. Um, so it, yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see how uh, how cities uh, and municipalities, you know, try to take a, a bit of a um, a leadership approach on that front.
0: Yeah, yeah no, that's great. I had one question to loop back with kind of your the, the direction that you've taken in your real estate career. I, it's one of those things outside looking in. you think real estate and development is just sort of this catch all term. But some, one of the notes I had from our initial call was talking about your decision to get into land development versus general contracting. You mentioned the background in commercial finance as well. How did that decision kind of come about, About was it an organic kind of evolution or did you just, have you tried kind of the GC side and you thought, oh, this is just straight up not for me or, you know, kind of I'm a little bit ignorant on kind of how those, how your career evolves within the sector, so.
1: Um, yeah, good, good question. Um, I think for whatever reason, I, I was always just drawn to the, uh, first I think I, I developed an interest in the, the architecture and design side of things. Um, and I was kind of poking around, you know, in, in, that field for a little bit, um, you know, a number of years ago, and then just kind of found my myself gravitating towards, you know, land development, um, the relationship with general contractors, you know, you, you can't do one without the other. Um, so it's always been in my mind to, you know, look at, okay, can we integrate a, an in-house, you know, contracting component to the, to the company, um, and uh, you know it, it's always in the back of my mind, but um, again, trying to if we're only building our own projects, um, trying to run an in-house construction crew doing that, you know, you gotta you gotta reach a a minimum scale to be able to you know keep everybody going and and you know help people grow their careers. Um, so we're not there yet. Uh, I you know I haven't I haven't completely written off the the potential of incorporating that that in-house construction component. Um, but, you know, there, there's plenty, um, you know, plenty of w- well-qualified general contractors in the city that, uh, you know, we're, we're excited at the opportunity to work with.
0: Yeah. And then you, you've you mentioned the scale a, a couple of times. What is that for, For like, let's say for multifamily? Is there, you have to consistently be putting out, let's say, like, you know, 50 to 100 units a year? Is that like, is, you know, again, a little bit outside looking in?
1: Yeah, um, that's uh, that's the question that I'm trying to, you know, figure out myself is, OK, to, how much not to put you uh, on the spot? No, no, that's it, it is a really good question. And I don't even you know have an answer to it for myself yet. It's one that I'm trying to figure out. Um, again, the Victoria market, you know, all things considered is relatively small. Um, you know, the average number of, you know, housing starts in the year, you know, aren't aren't that great. I think it's um, you know, looking at the 10 year average, it's probably around 2,500 units a year. And that's across the board, that single family, you know, condos, rentals, townhouses, what have you. So, um, you know, trying to get a a company to a a reasonable scale focused on Victoria um, is a bit of challenge. Uh, There are guys that are are doing it really well and and have found like that right balance. Um, You know, I suspect depending on what type of, uh, you know, project we're focusing on, yeah, we probably need to be doing, you know, 75 to 100 units a year um, to, uh, you yeah, know, to be operating at a, at a competitive level.
0: Cool. No, I appreciate you sharing. It's one of those, you know, there's just, it, it's, there's a lot of unknown. And so I try to take these opportunities to, uh, to, to figure out uh, these things. Um, last couple of questions for you a little bit more on the personal side, uh, just from personal development. Are you a big reader? Do you kind of invest with you know, like the construction association education stuff, or can you speak to that a little bit?
1: Yeah. Personal development side. Um, I'd say, uh, unfortunately it's probably taken a bit of a, of a, a back burner as I've, you know, started this company and, and I've been focusing on it. Um, I think over the next, you know, few years, it's going to, you know, become more and more important that I, that I focus on that more. Um, you know, I, I, I I try to read as much as I can. Um, You know, every year I tell myself, you know, I got I got to read more. I got to you know expand my my knowledge base a little bit. But um, it's 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 unfortunately easy to sink into old habits. Um, Yeah, especially when you know there's there's always stuff to do. um, You know, around uh, you know around you know trying to get our projects you know approved or finding new sites. So you know, honestly, that's been where. A lot of my attention has been focused um and the other thing you know right now it's just uh it's just me in the office um like i said i i partner some projects but um you know with it with it just being me in the office that that personal development side and having to you know lead a team and uh and yeah be at the at the front of the company with you know people that you're uh, responsible for um the personal development side doesn't feel uh, as important you know today um but like i said it's uh it's probably going to get more and more important in the in the coming years um so I'll, I'll definitely need to have to carve out some uh some time for that
0: yeah no well, i think i certainly think i agree with you there's there's just seasons for that kind of stuff um last two best piece of personal advice that you've received could be a personal or professional
1: um so I'd say the the best piece of advice I've received in in just I'd say starting the company is find something to focus on. Um, you know, there, there's always uh, there's always you know shiny objects out there. There's always opportunities out there. But um, you know, I've been told time and time again, um, probably to the point that it's it's finally starting to resonate, and I'm actually starting to take the advice. Is yeah, pick something uh can focus on become the expert in it gets not really really well and and once you've conquered that then then move on to the next thing
0: love it last one for you favorite restaurant in uh, capital region
1: Ooh, favorite restaurant um i uh i've actually been really enjoying uh sherwood cafe uh it's this new little funky spot right across from city hall in a, in a beautiful new building um and yeah it, it, it's great for just grabbing whether it's you know a, a cup of coffee and a muffin in the morning or, or heading there for you know you know brunch with my wife on sunday um yeah it's a it's a really nice spot uh, i've been enjoying what they've been doing there
0: thanks for stopping by from the trenches the business examiner podcast if you want to learn more about the interviewee, please check the web and social links provided in the video or listening platform description. Please send any feedback to infobusinessexaminer.ca with the subject line podcast. We'll see you next week.